You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Happy New Year to you, the fight fans and the listeners of BTR Boxing Podcast. I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for this podcast. You know who it is. It's Bear Attack Boxing. Now, Bear Attack Boxing, relatively new on the scene, looking to progress even further going into 2019 with their high-quality boxing gloves. If you go onto their website, which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk, you'll be able to find all their brilliant products. You'll be able to find what's coming up in the future for them, who endorses them, people like Tyrone McKenna and Tommy McCarthy, and there's going to be much more to come from them in 2019. So give them a follow on Twitter at Attack Boxing and on Facebook at Bear Attack Boxing. And from the 1st of January in the new year, use the special code BAB2019, code directly for you, the listeners, to get a discount on the high-quality boxing gloves that they sell. So, you know where to find them, www.bearersatboxing.co.uk. Welcome Fight Fans to episode 3 of Ones to Watch and today we've got another Al Siesta promoted prospect on our hands. We've got Wesley Tenacious Davis, the Welsh international tri-nations competitor is going to be speaking to myself. We're going to be talking about his career, his trips over to America, his first professional fight, getting the bus to Mexico, would you believe that? And we're also going to be talking about what his plans are for his career, what he does outside of boxing and just little things like who his favourite fighters are and what fights he'd be looking forward to in 2019. So, 
Follow us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. You can also find us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well. Go on there, give us a subscribe, follow us. It really, really helps us. We really appreciate it. So, here it is. Wants to watch episode number three with Wesley Tenacious Davis. Okay, so I'm pleased to say I've got Wesley Davis on the line. Wesley, nice to finally speak to you. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I know it's over the phone, but it's nice to actually uh, be able to have a conversation with you about your career, and uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be on the show. Well, we're, we're coming. We got you on the show today to obviously talk about you yourself, your background, your uh, amateur background, and your your start to your professional career and where you see, see yourself going. So, really, I want to I want to take it back to to the beginning, really, and I want to find out what it is uh, that got you into to the sport of boxing first and foremost. Well. Getting into boxing, I'm a, I'm a kid from Wales, and back in the day, being in Wales, I moving around a lot, going to new schools and stuff all the time. And me being black was not a good thing be over there, you know, because I was like the only black kid in my school. Right. So a lot of a lot of kids were like, oh, this black kid trying to act tough, and he he thinks he's hard or whatever. So a lot of them would target me. I ended up fighting, but I didn't know how to fight. So I might come to the fact like I out punch them one day. The next day they come to my house and they try and beat me up again. You know, like oh, next day their friend wants to fight me, or you know, like things like that happen all the time. So my mom said, you know what, let's go to the boxing gym. So I started. I started boxing. Started going there every day. It kept me busy. Kept me from going out, hanging out with any any people on the streets and stuff. And then, you know, after that, I just took off. And eventually, no one wanted to fuck with me anymore because <laughs> I beat someone up real bad after I actually started boxing and fighting. You know, it actually helped me a lot, a lot in life. So racism, obviously, is something that is, is is happens in every single sport. I mean, obviously, football it's still going on now. They, they talk about it quite recently with Raheem Sterling, and, and like you say, you go, you go into a town or a village where you go to a school where you're literally like the only black kid in the school, and it kind of makes you an automatic target straight away. And it's 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 horrible that these things have to happen to people. But you've gone there to the boxing gym and said, you know what? this is it, we've had enough, we're going to do something about this, and you you kind of cut the head off the snake, so to speak, like you say, when you had that you had that altercation with somebody where literally then nobody, nobody would mess with you after that, and then you get into boxing, and it teaches you a discipline, and was it at that point, once you started really getting into it, you thought to yourself, you know, actually, I'm not that bad at this, I might, I might start going further with it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I started get, like, getting into it. I started, it just seven like, it gave me that feeling, like, it gave me a great feeling when I was a kid. Like, that that was my place to go. That was all I wanted to do. You know, that was, like, my, you know, boxing is not a comfort zone, but that was, like, my comfort zone, even though it's a boxing gym and everything. That's where I go. That's where I went to go, you know, after school or whenever I wanted on weekends, I'd go there. That's where I spend all my time at, you know, and that's where I get, you know, I get a lot of love and stuff from the coaches and stuff. And respect I actually as well. was, yeah, I actually was like 
getting good at it. And I could tell, like, I was knocking people out and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I could take it further. So I just kept on to it. I wasn't serious at the beginning. I wasn't serious because I wasn't that good where you're like, oh, yeah, you win all your fights or whatever. Because my first couple of fights hit and miss. Win, loss, win, loss, that type of shit. And then, you know, as I got 15, 16, that's when I started, like, 16 is when I started, like, winning most of my fights and started, like, taking a serious training, training twice a day, every day. That's when I started really, like, saying, like, look, training three times a day, three times a week is is not, you're not really, like, going to help you win any fights. And I just decided to take it seriously. So you, you've had a bit of a storied amateur career and obviously I've, I've done a little bit of research on it and I know you was involved obviously in the, 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 the Tri-Nations tournament as well but tell us a little bit more into that, tell us a little bit more what what point was it you decided actually, you know, I'm, I'm getting really good at this, I'm going to go into the amateur side of boxing and, and, and progress from there and talk about how it all went and what happened Okay, so we started fighting amateur. Obviously, my first fight, I actually won it. If you watch it, it's on YouTube still, actually. I won it. I fucked him up so bad. I hurt him so bad. And it's the first, third round. And I was gaining standing counts every single round. And cause I had a busted nose. And the guy, the referee thought I broke my nose. And then he ended up stopping the fight. 30 seconds left to the bell. At the end of the third round. So I was like... I was devastated over that. And then my coach took me back to the gym and said, you know what, Wes, we're going to go all the way up to his show and you're going to knock him out on his show. And he said, okay, get ready. January, you're going to his show. We went to his show. Second round, I stopped him. So after that's how it started. And then the other fights after that, like hit and miss. I wasn't really taking it serious. I was getting, I'd eat whatever I want. I wouldn't even make weight. I wouldn't do stuff that boxers would do. I've gone on the streets and stuff. I was smoking weed. I, I just wasn't serious. And then when I got to 16, that's when I started getting serious and actually decided to go to the championships and stuff like that. And actually, uh, when I was 18, I went to the Free, free Nations. I fought Muhammad Ali. Even then, that fight wasn't like, I wasn't even prepared for it, you know? I had a two-week notice from, not even a two-week, a one-week notice from the Welsh camp that they said, oh, you're going to fight in the Free Nations. Your name is on the list. I was like, okay, so you're going to pick me for the Free Nations. And so now I've got to figure out how I'm going to get down from 62 kg to 52 kg in a week. And so I started doing ketosis uh, diet and I started uh, taking diuretics and stuff, trying to get my weight down. Yeah. And I wasn't even in shape. So I just, the next goal of this was is just to make weight just to get to fight. So I went into the fight. I, my, my pee was actually like, it was brown. It was brown color wow. before the fight. And, the coaches and my teammates and stuff, they was like, oh, I don't know about, they was like saying, I don't know about where he don't actually look too good, you know? Right. And that was, after, that was after, uh, before the weigh-in. So, I weighed in, I made weight, 
and then then the next day, obviously I pawned about four or five kg just overnight, just because that's not my, this is not my weight. And then I wasn't in shape to fight. And now it went three rounds, he won decision. And that was it then. That's like, after that part of my career, the, the Welsh team then didn't decide to keep me on the team because they didn't really think I'd be able to make weight anymore and stuff like that. Like, the uh, reasons like that. So I was kind of left in the, like, black hole. So I just sat at home. I had a lot of family things, issues going on and stuff. So it came to a point where I reached out to my coach in Vegas and I went to go stay out with him. So I stayed out with him again. And then I trained over there for little undercard, golden gloves shows and stuff like that. I was doing actually really good because he kept, he, like, I was really disciplined and focused over there. Like, we'd train twice a day. We'd have tough sparring. Everything would be, like, up a notch. Everything was, like, serious. And everything was, I had a proper camp for every fight, even though it's amateur. So I started doing really well. I moved up like three or four weight classes. Uh, got bigger, got stronger. And then actually come back to UK and tried to turn pro over here. And things didn't go the way I, way I wanted, to, wanted it to be. And I saved up my money and I decided to go to Mexico and catch a bus to Mexico and get a fight over there because I've been in contact with promoters over there. So I jumped over on a bus to Mexico from Vegas and then I fought, uh, fought uh, in Mexico the next day won by a uh, first one knockout and caught the bus back and just went back to UK at the end of this year. Wow. And then I try I come in contact with Al and stuff and you know, he's been really busy. So I've got told, I got told by my friend that he might be interested in working with me. And I was actually like, oh, okay, that's good. But he's been really busy. And then when I actually met with him, and he said, yeah, he got a fight for me and I'm fighting the next show, March 16th in Bracknell. So that's my, that's my first fight with him. So you've been from one side of the world to the other side of the world uh, in, in in a short space of time. Going back to when you was over, obviously in the USA, you was you was over there doing the Golden Glove stuff. Uh, how how different is it over there, boxing wise, to, to what it is over here? I mean, the amateur system wise, because uh, they have the Golden Glove stuff, which is different, isn't it, to what we do over here? Uh, the amateurs over there, I say, because it's boxing, everything's pretty similar, but they don't like to take the head guys off over there, even though if you're, you're senior, they don't like to take the head guys off, unless you're fighting an international tournament. But other than that, it's pretty similar, but it's, if you turn up to a show, it's not going to be like, it's not that, Okay, so within ten pounds of you, you're gonna you're gonna fight them because they just mix and match whoever. It's just they don't care about your, anything experience or anything like that. Just mix and match, and oh, he's eight pounds heavier than him. Okay, let's do it. Like that's that's it really. 
we're over here, they actually try and match people closer to the weights and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's a bit more uh, regulated over here in that respect, isn't it? That you you kind of get people closer to the weights as opposed to, like you say, anything up to ten pounds difference. Well, you was over there. You, I believe, you went and spent some time over at the Mayweather gym, which is uh, must have been quite an experience for you at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. When I yeah, I started going to the Mayweather gym. I was doing pass. I was trained over there. I met. I actually knew a lot of fighters before I even went there. So. Like, I caught up with them, you know, hang up. I actually hanging around with a lot of people from there. So, it's actually good to see how they come from the amateurs in their countries. Or, let's say, for example, I was training with a few Russians and stuff like that. And I've been around them and I see how they've done in the amateurs and, you know, how they're turning pro and stuff. And yeah, I had a lot of sparring and things like that, which actually which helped me as well. It's, it's a lot of experience. Everything's this experience for me. It's all experience in life, in boxing, everything. Did you, bump, just, did you bump into any notable names over there in the Mayweather gym? Well, I used to be a sparring partner for Devin, for Devin Haney. He's quite a I, big prospect at the moment as well, yeah. A, yeah, I used to spar him a lot for a lot, almost a lot of his camps. In like one or two years ago, I used to spar him a lot. And then I was with Jesse Vargas. I was actually part of the team, like, for the Saddam Ali fight and the Pacquiao fight. So I was being around him nearly every single day, running the mountains with him, Mount Charleston. I was training with him. I was doing drills with him and stuff like that. Like, I was actually training with him and stuff. So, in, I, it's actually a lot of things I could get into, but... It's actually a lot of things we get into, so that's basically the main point to it. Right. So, so it sounds like you had a really, really good learning experience being in with guys like Jesse Vargas and obviously Devin Haney, like I just said. I know he's a very big prospect over there at the moment and I don't think he's uh, as widely uh, regarded by many fans over in the UK, but he is a huge prospect in America. So I expect a lot of people will start to see of him in the next 12 months. So you've had a great experience uh, over in Vegas. Now you're back here with Al Siesta uh, and I spoke to Al last week and he came on uh, our first series of The Promoter Life and he was telling me about the ups and downs of being a promoter but he was also importantly telling me that he likes to really closely match his fighters he doesn't want it to be a complete mismatch on his cards oh oh yeah so this like okay my first fight wasn't so and that so much with the great record like let's say in boxing most people the first couple of fights I don't really expect someone in the start of the career to take fights which are like 50, 50 or 60, 40, that type of thing. They normally take fights which is highly in their advantage. A, like a journeyman who's just coming there just to take a check. But Al's works a lot different. He likes to actually have competitive fights. He won't he won't waste his money and just like spend his money and see just to see you knock out someone who's supposed to get knocked out anyway. No, he's like he wants to have an entertaining fight. He wants to put on a good show. He wants to test you. He wants to see where you're at. So yeah, he's been he's set me up with a pretty good fight for March sixteenth. But I'll be ready and I'm not I'm not worried about it. 
So you're going into your second professional fight then on March the 16th, and it's you know it's it's going to be like you say, hopefully a great year for you. And you said earlier about being really active, and ideally, if Al puts sort of three or four shows on a year, you want to be out on them. But would you also consider if he was able to get your on fights on other cards across the country, you'd also consider you know being even more active than like maybe five six fights in a year. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd, I'd definitely consider that. I'd definitely... I'm open to fight all year round. Like, I try to stay inside the gym all year round, even though I'm not posting on Instagram and stuff like that. It doesn't mean I'm not in shape or in the gym, because I'm always in the gym. I'm always training. I'm always, like, staying in some type of shape, just in case it's seven around the corner. And, yeah... I'd love to fight all year round. I don't see why not. And going back to 2019, we've just literally come into the year. And for this year, what would you say would be your immediate realistic goals? My goal would be so to get these fights out of the way. I think Al's got six shows scheduled, so get six six fights this year. That'd be a big goal. And uh, the next goal well, for this year would we'll try and get the rankings. Uh, in the UK, in, I'm not. It's not a lot of people in my rankings right now. So uh, it's like 47 people, 48 or something like that. What weight so are you? What, what, what weight are you campaigning at? Featherweight. Right. So yeah, like you said, there there isn't a, a great depth to the division, is there? Domestically? No, there's not a lot. But when you get in the top ten, things like that, that's when that's where it's all at, really. What did you make so of the? Getting... Oh, sorry to cut you off there. What did you make of the uh, Warrington versus Frampton fight just before Christmas? Uh, I think Warrington's this. Uh, Frampton's coming to the end of his career. So that's what I can say for him. He's coming to the end of his career. Ronton's like more hungry, more strong. He's actually physically very strong, even though his knockout ratio is that high. A lot of people don't give him credit for that, but he actually is very strong. So he just, I think he hurt him early, and after the, that, the whole fight just went backwards for Frampton. Like his legs are gone. If you watch closely, his legs are gone all the way through the fight. He is just on survival mode. And who would you say, inspiration-wise, uh, in the fight game at the moment, would would be your biggest inspiration? Be in the sport I don't I don't I would say Selby's a big motivation because he's from Wales he come from nothing he started fighting on small hall shows in Wales like no one ever gave him a shot then out of nowhere he got a got opportunity to fight the Smith I sat at home watching TV and I saw him uh, come in as an underdog against Smith and he he knocked Smith out even though he's he's a way fighter, he's supposed to come to take an L. He knocked him out, and then that's he started like after after that fight, he started elevating all game for the levels, win the European title, and world title. That's he just made it for nothing really. No one really gave him a shot. He just had to like work with what he's given with. Yeah, exactly. And he obviously um, he had a tough fight against Warrington earlier on in 2018, and hopefully we get to see him back yeah. soon. Uh, there's talk of him moving up, isn't it? It's a super featherweight that he was struggling a little yeah. bit of the weight he, he's very he's very big for featherweight so it's like he's been at featherweight for years so it's, I'm surprised he could even still make it he, and it just it sucks it sucks all the power out of you if you if you drain yourself to make weight you you won't be 
where the phone no power. So I think yeah, it's it's good that he moves, he's moving up in weight because he can do a lot. He can do a lot more damage. So going back to you, yourself then, outside of boxing, you were just telling me before we started recording actually that you you're also you're also working as well. You do uh, shift work at the moment to, to obviously help fund the career because being a boxer isn't just about getting paid set fees all the time. There's a lot of guys like yourself out there that actually oh. have to go to work, don't they, and earn a crust as well as train. Trust me, it's so hard. It's like, if I had a choice, if I had a choice to be a lawyer instead of this dead, I'd rather be a lawyer. Like, <laughs> But, you know, I'm a boxer, so that's what I'm good at. But, uh, you have to just sacrifice everything. You're going to have to go through a lot of hard shit daily. You're going to have to, like, it's not, it's not easy because you're going to have to tra- work all night. You're going to have to give up sleep throughout the day. You're going to have to train. you got other stuff in your life you're going to have to worry about as well. It's just a lot of, it's going to be a lot on your plate being a boxer and not having no support, really. It's just, it's just me. I have to look after myself. I have to put food on my own table. I have to, you know, make sure I work get training. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, it leads me on really nicely to the, the next little part, which would be talking about getting sponsorships for your professional career. Uh, I'm not aware if you have any or not. You can tell us if you do. If you don't, where could people find you to, to, to get in touch with you if they wanted to put a sponsor in place with you? Uh, you can get in touch with me on any of my social media. It's D-A-V-I-S. So, where's Davis? And then, uh, yeah, I've got... I've got uh, the kind of CBD oil they sponsor me to give me uh, CBD products and uh, KO official they are sp- they're sponsoring right now we're working on actually getting clothes made with different designs on them so that's that's we're just working on that right now but other than that I've got one sponsor coming in I haven't really got got like that sealed yet so still still working on it so basically if, if anybody out there listening to this interview with yourself wanting to get in touch and was interested in the, your story and taking helping you take your career a bit further forward uh, as it goes along then they get you on social media and, and, and obviously drop me a message and, and chat to you that way yeah yeah you, it, it'd be easy to find my my social media it's just Wesley Tenacious Davis on or W-E-Z-Z Davis that's it Okay, also a couple of, a couple of little fun questions and um, before we I let you go and get back on with it because I know you've got to go to work very soon as well. So um, in terms of boxing in general at the moment, Wes, who would you say your favourite fighter is? I don't really have a favorite fighter to be honest. I don't. I just I like a lot of fighters. I study like I study a lot of fighters that I see. I don't just say like one fighter is perfect because no 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 fighter is perfect. So I just like I see certain things that each fighter do which is actually very like very great, and I try to take that. I take little bits of each people's games. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I like to. I, I have a lot of fighters I, which I actually like. So it's not. It's, I just don't have a favorite right now. Fair enough. On the fen- on the fence a little bit, <laughs> but I understand. I totally understand. There's so many great fighters in the world today. Uh, boxing, yeah. boxing's thriving, isn't it? And you can't really. If you ask me the same question, uh, I couldn't give you an answer to be honest because there's there's too many of them. There's like you've got your Lomachenko's, you've got your Usyk's, you know, you've got your Tyson Fury's performance last year, so it's there's too many of them to even sort of think about. But going going on to fight wise, is there any particular fights in the boxing world you'd want to get get made this year? As in, you'd want to see them as a fan? I want to see Luf fight Conor Ben. 
interesting. Because you know Lufa, uh, I've seen so I've been seeing him talk about it for a while. I've seen other people trying to get the thing made. Why not? You know, it's a good fight. It Why is, not get Lufa fight. fight Conor Ben? It's a good fight, and it, it kind of feels like because of obviously Conor Ben's name and the platform he's on, he's kind of jumping the queue a little bit to get to sort of you know yeah. domestic title fights. That's yeah. what it feels well, like to me. If Conor Ben's looking for a last-minute replacement or an opponent for one of the shows, you know, if he's looking for an opponent for one of his shows, then Luther, why not pick Luther? <laughs> yeah. hey, we never know you never know what might happen but uh, I'll tell you what it's been an absolute pleasure to, to speak to you and get to know you a little bit more about your, your background your story where you've been your travels your debut going to Mexico on a bus to go and make your professional debut it's a story and a half to uh, to sort of talk about in the future but it's been a pleasure to get you on and uh, is there any last words or any thanks you'd want to give before we uh, call it an oh. evening uh, I thank thanks to thanks to Al for 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 letting me on the team and everything. I thanks to support me. A lot of people who I've crossed paths with as well. Everyone knows the global they play, so it's, I don't even have to shout people out. It's just thanks to everyone, really. Real well, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I am really happy to see where you're going to go over the next twelve months. I'm pretty excited to to see you in action again soon. Thank you, I appreciate it. Not long now, only two and a half, three months until I'm back in the room. And we look forward to it. Thanks for coming on, Wes. Thank you. So there you go, guys. Wesley Davis, promoted by Al Siesta, back out on the 16th of March in Bracknell. You want to get him on social media for tickets if you are local and listening to this episode, or if you're in the surrounding areas, just holler at him on social media. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of Once to Watch with Wesley Tenacious Davis. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, Stitcher, Player FM, all the rest of them. You know where to find us and at BT boxing pod and beyond the ropes boxing podcast on facebook as well so i really hope you've enjoyed it leave us a comment share it around social media and until next time see you later fight fans It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.